0: All right, so we are back with another, uh, episode three of Divine Discussions. And um, last week we had a really great discussion with the fellows. Um, definitely <laughs> wanna shout out David, um, Ricky, and Jamel again for their input <laughs> on our topic last week. And this week we are back to have another discussion Um, And our discussion this week is a lost and desolate generation, and I kind of came up with the topic based off of something that David said in our last episode, Um, and I'll get into that in a sec. Uh, Let me see. Lens, can you pray real quick?
1: Lord, we thank you, O God. Lord, we come unto you as as We know how, O God, first asking you, O God, to forgive us, O God, for anything that we may have said, thought, or done that was not lined up with your word, O God. We ask everything that we say, O God, may be edifying to the body of Christ, O God. We ask that everything that we say, O God, may be received, O God, unto you as a sweet-smelling savior, O God, and on our lips and on our mind, O God, that everything we say is profitable, O God, and can be used, O God, to help somebody. Oh God, and teach somebody that may cry out, What must I do to be saved? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: <laughs> Lily's gonna be turned up today, I can already tell. Um, <laughs> so today we have a Sharday Brown, Minister Charday Brown from the great Chita- Shekinah Temple of Christ. Um, definitely one of our homies. And um, when I heard join in the conversation on today, like I said, the uh, topic was a lost in lost generation, and um, like I said, it was kind of based off of something that David mentioned in the last episode, as we were talking about like purity, and we went into many different other avenues um, based off of that. But when I when I looked kind of looked into the definition um, of, just looking at the definition of like a lost generation, kind of the first thing that came up and it doesn't have anything necessarily to do with, you know, spirituality or anything, but just a basic definition. When I looked up a uh, lost generation, um, it says the lost generation was a social general uh, generalization uh, cohort that came of age during World War One. Lost in this context refers to the disoriented, wandering, directionalist spirit of many of the war survivors in the early post-war period. Um, Again, like I said, it didn't have anything to do with the spiritual sense, but what stuck out to me in that was the words um, disoriented, wandering, directionalist. And it seemed to me what I guess some of us are, some of our youth are like going through in this day and age right now like some of us are just lost or trying to find our way trying to find our footing right now um so like I said, based off of what David had mentioned last week, my first question was um, why does it seem like there is a generation missing from the church um so you kind of have like the the older saints and then you have, like the 40 year olds, and then it's down to like us. Like, so it's like that 35 to like 40 age is kind of missing or the generation before us because we're all like 30 and under. Um, That generation before us is kind of missing out of the church. So, you know, you have us and then you got like maybe a couple of preteens and then you got the babies. Um, So it's like a whole generation that just seems to not, be there. And, um, I just wanted to dive into that topic today. So my first question was, why does it seem like there's a generation, um, missing from the church? Anybody can start at any time.
2: Um, my thoughts on that would be that I think, I don't know, the times are kind of different. And what I notice personally from, like, the generation behind us is that they kind of are, they're, like, in a rush to grow up for some reason. Um, and with that being said, it's like, you know, because legally you're an adult at 18, and what I've noticed a lot is, oh, I'm 18, now I'm growing up, can do what I want. Um, and I guess depending on the household, or whatever, they're usually press to experiment whatever's out there that the churches try to like keep them from um and a lot of times what happens is they're experiments and they like what they got out of that and they want to go further and further and further until they've just strayed totally kind of um and that's just from my personal experience from different youth of the generation behind this that's what i think that's my piece
0: Yeah. And like with each um, individual church, just thinking about all of our churches right now, it seems to be the same thing where it's um, pretty much, you know, a couple of us that are holding on and then it goes like straight to like the 40 year olds. (laughs) It is like, it's no in between, you know, it's it's no in between at all. So um, anybody else that wanted to jump in?
3: Um, I think that to piggyback off of, um, what sister said. I'm sorry, I don't know everybody's names. <laughs> um, but I think also when you look at the generations, just kind of like what you said, you have the older saints, um, and then you know, you have the the 40-year-olds, and then you have like us 30 and, and below. Um, and I think just like she was saying, you know, times have changed. I think as a body of Christ, we have gotten better um with being more attentive um and making sure that younger people have a place in the church you know we we've done different things with certain departments and we've revamped some things and we've done some things to make them have a place there but i think a reason why we're missing um a generation is because before times had shifted i think the that generation didn't really have a place or felt like they had a place in church. Um, And I think a lot of times, you know, the way we learn in church is we, we learn based off what was passed down. But I think at some point one of the generations was just like well we have questions we we want to know why we do this why why is this this way and when we couldn't give them answers they kind of you know went astray and went their various different ways um and so i even believe when we do get back to our churches even after the pandemic i really believe that there's going to be a flood of prodigals that are going to come back because there are a lot of people that are out there in the world and they're not new sinners. They're, you know what I'm saying? Some of them have been in church and they know the way they just, something has happened where they there was a disconnect or a lot of people have strayed away because the church hurt. Um, and now that we have gotten better as a body of Christ uh, with being more attentive and helping people to understand and grow in their walk, I think that, that flood of people or that flood of that generation will be coming back. So, I mean, I think that's one of the, the reasons why.
4: um it does seem like there's a generation of missing from the church because there is um and then (laughs) because i was looking at the question i'm like well there is just looking (laughs) at this little headline here and um just thinking of what just thinking in general and listening to everybody talk one of the things i can think of or that i know of is that when someone had once said that they used the example of a balloon And they said, well, not, I don't know, all balloons, the average balloon is like made of latex, you know? And when you stuff the balloon with air, you want to get it at a certain level to where, you know, like if you get a specific amount like helium or whatever, you know, it's supposed to be at a certain shape and certain form. But there is sometimes where you can put too much air in it that it eventually pops. And they use the example that if you keep stuffing a balloon, eventually that balloon is going to pop. Now, using the example that Najol gave, um, it does seem like, the, especially the generation behind us, um, it's like they're, oh my God, I'm 18, I'm grown, you know, because a number makes you grown, right? You know, and it's like, um, it's like when they get a specific age, they are like, I'm grown. And it seems that the pattern is that as soon as soon as they can do on their own or think they can, excuse me, and they're grown, it's like, boom, I'm leaving the church. Um, And that generation that is missing, I bring that up to say that I believe what happened is, and I don't know, because here I am just now, I guess, getting to that age. um, When you stuff that balloon with, you can't this and you can't that, and don't ask me why this, and there's no reason for this. The Bible says this, and you don't have to question it, and... um, you know, well, this is just what I was taught and different things like that. It's like, once you stuff it with this, 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 and you can't, 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 and don't, 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 don't. That balloon that's made of latex now popped because it's reached the form that it was supposed to be. Um, and because it popped now when they get that 18 or they get that whatever age it is now they're out there in the world and they want to experience everything that you said they could not do. Now, I'm not saying that that means, um, oh, yeah, just go ahead and do everything you want to do, because, you know, everything is you know right <laughs> when that's not correct. Uh, but there has to be some type of line. I don't know if we're going to get into that, but a lot of times we just say don't, don't, don't. Don't worry about it. Just do it. And I think that generation that has missing, it was a different time then. And I'm not saying because God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So that's not what I am saying. If anybody's watching and thinks I'm saying that. But that generation back then, it was like, well, we couldn't do this. We couldn't go. Because I had people tell me when I was your age, we couldn't do that. You know, and it'd be the, the base, the smallest thing. You know, so because they couldn't do so much and couldn't go there and this and that and the third, it's like when they got that age, it was like, boom, I'm taking off from the church and they have yet to come back into the building. And don't get me wrong. Church is not just about the building as we are experiencing right now, um, but they have left the Lord and it, as well and they have not found their way back. So that's why one of the reasons, if not many, on why that generation is missing.
1: I agree with Avi. That's what I was going to say. I say I feel like we was tapping around it. Is why does this seem like there's a generation mission? Because it clearly is. Um, I believe that there. I was listening to something. I don't know if I was listening to a message or I was studying something. And um, the speaker placed emphasis on it's important who you hang out with. It says because somebody can teach you about your God, but if you don't know your God, the children of Israel were in bondage. for all the, that whole time, and then when Pharaoh let them go, and they walked around the wilderness, they began to build images and graven images from the the Egyptians' god, because they didn't know their god. There was no visible visible res- representation of the people who served their god. Um, and there is a generation missing from the church. It's like you have that generation. It's like it's like that generation. You ever hear in the Bible in the stories where it was a generation that knew not David, or you know knew not these kings? It's a generation that came up and they don't, they didn't know the Lord for themselves. And I can't remember who said it, but they was just like deuces. You know, you can't really answer my questions. And then comes our generation. It's just like, it jumped from like, I think y'all said 30, baby. I mean, it's like 30 to like to early 20, you know, early. Right. And then it's like, they like 70 and 80. It's like, where is that 35 to. I don't know number. They're not there. They're coming back. And I do believe there is going to be a, a revival of bringing people back to the Lord. Because sis said, they ain't new sinners. I guess they, them. They didn't Um, But that's truly why. It was a generation who didn't know it for themselves. They was just basing it off of, you know, grandma made me go to church and they hit that 18 number, like y'all said, and grown. My mom always taught me, you ain't grown, so you don't need your parents no more. So I don't even say that. I, well, sometimes I get a little spicy as they am grown, but <laughs> I'll call my mama quick and my daddy quick. I need this, or I need this. Can you slide me this? Um, and I believe, you know, that's really just why, because they're not there. There is a generation missing. You know, as plain as simple as that, but they said it is, they're
0: not there. So, Leslie had pretty much said that last week that um, we are, or probably the de- generation before us as well, is a little bit different because. And like you said, Lindsay, um, your old pastor was saying how it this generation has been the hardest for him to pastor because we um, we ask questions and we ask why. So you kind of can't just tell us something or just don't do that or don't do this without giving us an explanation. Yes, we know that you know there's a, a biblical reference or a scripture for everything, but. I guess it's applying that to what we're seeing and what we're experiencing here today. And, um, piggybacking off of like what albane was saying, uh, let me find it. So there, <laughs> where, where is that line then? Because, you know, I guess having a balance between the old generation and the new generation, because I, I do feel that there has to be a balance, um, you know, in order to, I feel like there has to be a balance. Um, I don't feel that we have to be, you know, <laughs> on some of the I guess the the ways and the upbringings of like the older saints. Like you said, you, you they couldn't go to the movies or go bowling, or certain things were considered, you know, to be unsafe if you did that. Um, and Um, I, I do believe that we are in a different time. So, like, where is that balance between the old and the new to where we can combine the two to still remain safe, but also be able to, you know, be youthful as well?
3: I think it's important to know the identity of each generation. Right. Because, I mean, I feel like, you know, if we take it from the older saints down to, to the babies, right? Every generation has their own identity. Um, And I think that there were a time when you had the mothers that was dressed in all white. Then there was times when, you know, things shifted a little bit and you didn't see the all white as much. Um, There were times when, you know, you you had revivals and prayer gatherings and that, that kind of stopped. And it's, it's not a bad thing that each generation has its own identity but i think sometimes we have to change our methods now not change the message of the of the bible or change um the message of christ but change our methods because even christ himself when he was on earth he didn't approach everybody the same way he didn't come to everybody the same way he assessed the situation and he did what he needed to do to win that soul or to minister to that person i think we, as the body of Christ, should do the same. Um, it's not a bad thing that every generation has its own identity um, because, with each, I feel like with each generation, they get stronger and stronger. But at the same time, you have to still use wisdom. Um, and I think for our generation, um, I think a lot of people in our generation, you know, because we didn't get the answers that we wanted to our questions when we had them. Yeah. Everybody wanted to go out, start their own church, do their own thing. Um, and I think that has become detrimental to us because it's like, well, where is the wisdom? So just like, you know, the question says, we there has to be a balance. Um, yeah, there, there has to be some type of balance. And I think the only way that we're going to find that balance is to realize that each generation has its own identity. And once we realize that still preach the message of Christ, but change our methodology of how We're winning those souls and how we're not only winning them, keeping them souls, because a lot of times when people get saved, you know, we'll do the altar call. If you want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, they come and we don't do no follow up. We don't hear anything else. But a lot of times we have to assess the situation and look at things and see, okay, is this working? Is this is is this something that we can keep doing? Is this something that we should continue? So I think we have to know the identity and change our methodology
1: accordingly. You had to post your cash shop because you you preaching. I mean, so good. Like I ain't I ain't even joking, y'all. you think I'm trying to joke, but you preaching like that was like you spit all the words. Not you know I wouldn't have said it that way, but it just was so good, and I wish more people paid attention to that. And we touched on that last week when we talked about the five love languages and how we have to meet the need of people, and we can't just love people how we receive love. Um, and then I thought about it. I pulled it up. I, I I thought about Hebrews 6 and 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. But in order to leave the principles to go on, you have to have the principles. You have to know the foundation. You have to have the knowledge and the wisdom and the education. And it's like this generation, in order for us to balance the gap, we have to be willing to know and to receive the education. Like It's no different. different. Different to like, it's okay to change the methodology on how, like you said, we reach people, but we have to be willing to hear the message and to get these foundational principles on why we do what we do, how we do what we do, and to be able to communicate that to people effectively and efficiently. Because just saying that I don't have the answer is not. You know, it's not it's it's not helping in this generation, especially this generation now who always got like I guess my kids show me that every day is they got always got a question for a question. I'm like, girl, go sit down. Like you three, and, and it and it blows my mind. It's just like in order for us to go higher in Christ, as uh Hebrews six and one said, we have to be knowledgeable of the principles of the faith and the foundational principles. We can't change uh we can't change the methodology if we don't know what the original method was, because then you start teaching stuff new. And like you said, that's why all them people went and they was not sent. And that's why we go all them little churches because the preacher, preacher said people out here building monuments based upon experiences that they had with God and they don't really know God. So we we gotta bridge the the knowledge gap. We gotta know who God is, why we did what we did, and then meet the people where they are and take them to where they're going.
3: I, I need your cash, app, sis. You preaching? <laughs> You're talking about me. You preaching? Go ahead. That's
4: why I po- pointed to Lindsay when the question first came. N- not because t- you was y'all both really preaching. Now I'm not gonna cash app, y'all, but <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, but Lindsay, if you remember when we had that y'all people meeting at my church, and I had the bulletin board, and there was like a question asked, in one of the older mothers between like somebody younger, and you was like, um, you said something about um. Why can't you look at me like I am your friend or something like that? You said, and it was like the mother was the somebody older was saying, well, I'm not your friend, so I'm not going to come to you. You was like, well, what's wrong with that? Because although you're older, you can come to me like I I am your friend and correct me just the same. That's why I point to you like, oh, this is for you. (laughs) Not that I have anything. I don't have anything to say, but
3: y'all, you know, y'all got it. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. And honestly, I I think also around around this topic, I think this is a great topic because um, just as we were talking about how, you know, this generation, we ask questions. I believe we're a generation of seekers. We want to seek to really know God. And a lot of times the older generation, they would think that, you know us asking questions it's a form of rebellion right. just do it because i said it, you know what i mean well, but honestly I when you think about it it keeps us on our p's and q's because if you don't know why you believe what you believe then <laughs> i mean what's the point of believing it you know what i'm saying so when people do ask questions you should be able to have something to you know combat that or have some some type of answer for them know why you believe what you believe because if you're just believing because it's been tradition or it we've always done this so that's why i believe it then that's not a good enough reason and i think the generations have i think the younger generation has noticed that it's like well why do we do what we do it's like for example when we had watch night service um, I was asked to present something called the occasion. And I didn't even know what that is. So, you know, I, I ain't scared to ask questions. So I was like, well, what is the occasion? And they basically just wanted me to present like the importance of watch night service, why we do it. And when I actually research it, there was a whole bunch about it that I didn't even know. And here we are doing this year from year, having watch night service year from year. And I don't even know the, the meaning behind it. Um, that it originally started with slaves I didn't I didn't know that and I'm like wow this is so this is it was really good to me because it's like how often are we in church doing stuff because it has been done for years and years, but never question behind it? So, I mean, when people come to me with questions and when I don't know the answer, that challenges me because I'm like, well, I want to find out the answer because I don't want to just be believing something because it's been tradition to believe it. I want to know why I believe what I believe, because when you know the reason behind why you believe what you believe, it's more powerful. And I just think that people asking questions is a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing.
4: And also, like, um, I was kind of going to say something towards this, like I see that David is saying in the comments, or Minister Watts saying in the comments. Um, I think there's, like, a, a communication type of thing that has to happen between the older and the younger as well to bridge the gap. Because, like his comment says, and like you both were saying, it was something that you said, Shar, about um, not changing the message, but the methods. And a lot of times when you say, well, we need to... We need to revamp. Let's just say we use that word. It's like sometimes the older generation might think, well, God's the same. Like I said earlier, God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I want to emphasize that because I don't want you to get the idea that because they, they already know me. I will say all day, "You, it's okay for us to have our feelings because I have them. But at the end of the day, the Bible is right. As they say, somebody's wrong as that old song goes. So it doesn't matter what you feel. If it says it in the word of God, that's what it is. God said it. I believe it. But sometimes the communication is wrong that because you want to change the method, it's like you're changing the, the message. And that communication is like here and here. It's not coming together right here. So like he's saying down there in the comments, just because you're saying that God is the same, it does not say that you're changing the message. But they sometimes I think they don't understand that we're saying. Like I just said the other night, I don't know who I was talking to, actually, but I said, I'm the type that I feel like I have to like either be hands-on or see you do it beside me. But if I'm looking at it, sometimes I might not grab it. I'm like, let me get in here and let me do it. But if somebody else, like Najole, she might be able to read it and she might be able to ace it. Those are the things that we have to <laughs> grab a hold of and say, okay, let's change the method so everybody might can get a piece from it. When you communicate those things to the older generation, sometimes it's not either received well, or like you just said, if you wanna know, well, why do I do this? Well, you're rebelling. No, I'm not, I'm just really asking. When she says, sis, why do you do this when I don't do that? Even something the other day, I was in the house and my dad was speaking in tongues downstairs because I don't know he was watching something or somebody was praying for him. And I was like, somebody's called me from work and I have to explain to him what that is. And he was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like he's praying, you know, like I'm just just specific things that we have to know. Because for me, well, because I was taught that's water. That's water weight to me. That holds nothing. I want to be able to tell you, well, this is what it says in the word of God. And this is what it is because God said it, therefore I believe it. You know, so it's just like a communication thing as well. It's like they don't quite get it.
0: Joe,
2: I mean, you all said a mouthful, so I think. You can...
0: <laughs> but that's absolutely correct in what everybody pretty much has said. Like we're not, <laughs> we're not trying to change. Um, the word of God, number one. We're not trying to change, you know, the um message at all, just you know, the way it's put out there. And just like Sade said, like, I mean, if if the older ones or if y'all refuse to give us maybe the answers or the teachings behind why we do what we do, then we have nothing to give the generations after us. So when they which they will ask us why we do certain things, we don't have an answer because it's just like we do it because they told us to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we already see now that, that hasn't <laughs> that, that hasn't worked. So um my next question was following up after that. Do you believe that we uh, do you believe that our generation possesses the same power as the generation before us? Um, and whew, what can I say about this? Um I think it's plenty basically already self-explanatory, but as we said earlier, I believe someone said like, you know, in the days of old, we've all, you know, grew up in church and seeing like, you know, the power of God, like people to really be healed, to really be delivered and set free, you know, for demons to be cast out and all of those types of thing. And it seems like, you know, maybe nowadays that doesn't happen as much or, Um, Like you said, everybody's spreading out and doing their own little churches and, you know, the doctrine is kind of watered down because everybody has um, their own interpretation of the word and their own interpretations, maybe whether through church hurt or whether through um, things that they experienced that they didn't like. So now we have all of these little, you know, churches with kind of, which may say they're Christian or apostolic but everybody seems to believe something different. Um, It may be because of that. It may seem that, you know, that the power isn't there, but do we believe that um, our generation possesses the same power as the generations before us? So where we are able to walk in the same authority um, as the, you know, generations before us to where we can cast out demons or we can pray and someone literally be healed or delivered, you know, as in the days of old, I think it's attainable. Oh I yeah, no, oh, that's great. That's I think that just yes, uh, demonstrates no.
1: That uh, demonstrates no. The people who before us, they lived a consecrated life unto God. They were consecrated. We fast, but when we fast, are we really consecrated? Are we really turning over in our heart and our mind to God? No. And I, I mean, and I'm in this generation, so I'm not speaking of I'm not speak. I'm speaking personally. No, you're saying it. No and i'm betty <laughs> and i'm trying okay, to no. and i'm trying to advance to to that level but i do not believe no. that this generation has Stop a hey be quiet please mommy no. i do not believe that this generation is she made me forget my thought i do not believe that we are we live a consecrated life i do not believe that we are willing not all of us lady at my church Sister Vicky brown always say some and some because we do have some, you know, they call them pillars in the community. I'm just saying there are people who are places who are, but they can't do it by themselves. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's a, a unified power, powerful thing. Like when you go into the house, the, the house of God. Uh, we talked about this one time before, and it was the music oh. thing. Uh, just how important music is, how it sets the atmosphere. How when um, that spirit was raging within Saul, and David played the harp, how important it settles the atmosphere. I, I know that don't make sense right now, but I'm gonna tie it back in. It makes sense because back in the day, everybody was on one accord. They were all consecrated to God, and because it was easy for miracles to be form- performed. It was easy for things to be cast out because they were consecrated, and I just believe that this generation just wants to.
0: We want the power, but not um, we, we want the what it takes
1: anointing. to get it. We want the public anointing without the private relationship. We right. want to get up and cast out demons, and we want to say all that, but we don't want to fast for three days. We don't want to get up out of our bed at six o'clock in the morning. Yes, Lindsay, I missed you all last week. Um, we don't want to. Um, deny ourselves. My friend made a post, David made a post today. He was like, y'all want cheerleaders because y'all want cheerleaders to praise you in your mess, but you don't want, you, call, you want friends, friends call you out and tell you when you're wrong. And this generation doesn't want that. So I don't want to put all that on an old generation and saying that they don't want the young people to do certain things. But if we're not living the life before them, how can we ask them to do these things? You know what I mean? Not everybody, but how can we, you know, want to, we want to lead services. We want to do a youth crusade, but we ain't even faithful in Sunday school. So it's like, how you going to ask pastor, you know, let's do something. He looking at you like, girl, you ain't paying your tithes. You're not living the life. I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, like help, help me understand. I just want to address that one comment. Um, I get that. I understand that, Teresa. It always will not be a person of age, but the comment section is open if people want to, you know, like voice their opinions or voice how they feel um, or keep the topic open because it's like, just like this generation, just like there are pillars in our generation or just like there are older people who are doing the right thing. Um, But a lot of times people broadcast more of the wrong thing because it's more readily available is more seen oftentimes. So if people have an opinion, we can keep it. So we want them to put it in the comment section because we want the communication <laughs> to remain open. We want people to feel, you know what I mean? Like we, we can talk about it. I think maybe one day, I mean, wherever the Lord leads our fearless leader, Yanni, um, who, who she, you know, wants to, you know, bring on as a guest that we, you know, whether it be guest pastors, whether it be guest evangelists, right. you know, that older generation, we, we're not like, um, and we just want to hear young people because, again, we just right. said in order for us to go on to perfection, leaving the principles, we got to have the principles. Um, so, it's, it's no way in which we want to do away with that generation because without that generation, we'd be looking like the people um, where they said they, they rose up and they knew not David and they was out here serving their own God. So, we know the importance of that generation. Um.
4: Yeah. um- Oh, go ahead, Enjoy.
0: There I go because she ain't said that. exactly. That's why I was like, oh, "Go ahead, girl." Okay. All right. So,
2: back to the question: Do we believe that our generation possesses the same power? No, I don't think we believe it. I think that's the biggest part of the problem. We don't believe it. Um, you know, I kind of bring this up every now and then when I'm well, when I was teaching Sunday school in person. But anyway, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Um, that we see and read of these great works in the Bible. But today, that's completely far-fetched if anything like that would ever happen. Like, I'm going to just take a common story. Who would you ever hear of a little boy beating a 10-foot giant? When would you ever see a 10-foot giant anyway? Like, come on. But I think that's a big part of the problem. Like, we don't have that faith to believe that such great works could happen. Um, And I think that when, I'm not going to say minimal things, because every miracle of God is great. But when things that are maybe not as extravagant to others are done, that's like amazing. And and at it really should be the norm, you know, but it's not at this day and time. And I think as time has went on, the belief has just lacked and lacked and lacked. And I think that's a part of the problem um, because we don't believe we can possess it. And then, well, it's, I mean, it's not coming as a result. So I think, no, to answer your question, really.
0: Um, go ahead.
4: Um, I do agree. Um, I'm sorry. Um, with Nigel, um, I was just thinking about me personally. There's, um, something that like the, the elder and the wise and the people that have really live this saved life. The season saints, that's what I like to call them. Um, they have seen some of us and they'll come to you and they'll tell you like, you're going to be something. I've had people not to be bragging or anything, no um, <laughs> but um, they've seen, th- they see things in you and they'll tell you, but it's up to us to really believe it and, and pursue it and, and really do what we need to do. As far do you fast and though, no, do you not eat for six hours or eight hours, but do you really consecrate yourself to God and really be honest with yourself? Um, and a lot of that might be doubt, um, it might be um, you might not think that you're good enough. It could be a lot of things that we don't necessarily believe those things. Um, when it comes to our our my father and um, his friends and the people that he grew up with, you'll hear all the stories that tells me about how convocation used to be and how he never wanted to go home and different things like that. We don't really experience those things in our generation, but it's nobody. It's our fault because as we keep saying, God is saying, yesterday, today, and forevermore, God don't change. Um, There's even things sometimes where I'm like, well, why don't people get the Holy Ghost like they used to? Because I've seen people roll up the floor. I've seen people run into the side of this. There was somebody in our church where her eyeball literally came out. Mm. Yes. I mean, I, but she, she was okay. Like, I mean, people have really, like, I'm serious. Like, I mean, stuff, it's not the same, but it's not, it's us. Is this generation is just. We're not the same. We're really not. Um, So I don't think that we have. I mean, I've seen some things, even there's some pastors that come during anniversary time. There's one of my pastors. I don't mind saying Bishop Roach. I love that man. I could be in the bathroom and that man will say, go knock on. I mean, he has not said this, but this is how he he be like, go knock on that bathroom door and tell Sister Blake to come out here. And he will read (laughs) me, y'all. He will be like the devil. I mean, he will talk into me like he's been sitting in this house with me. I don't see. I'm not saying we do not. Because there are young pastors, and I'm not saying there's, because I know there's a young pastor out here that's my age that has that same gift. God has people, you know. But I don't see people like my age that has that gift, because that man will read me, okay? I mean, it's just, we don't we do not do like we're supposed to. we rather play video games for 10 hours and then read for 15 minutes. we rather, okay. we can jump with our friends, but we can't jump for Sunday school at 10 o'clock. God don't understand. I keep trying to, I tell them that, they know that. I'm like, God does not understand that. And it's me too. He don't want. He don't get that. God does not understand how we can be on time for every restaurant. Uh, oh, let's go out. He does not understand how we can go and be on time for the mall. Hey y'all, y'all know Baltimore. I see y'all about an hour, and with me driving forty five minutes. <laughs> I can, well, I don't really be on time, but they know that I asked Laura, you know, I'm trying to be there, but he does not understand how we can be on time for everything else, but we cannot be on time for church. God doesn't understand that. And we cannot expect a blessing from the Lord when we can't put in the work for it, you know? So it's not that we cannot have the power, but our parents and our grandparents and stuff like that, they they, they sought the Lord, you know, they had their prayer room and stuff like that. And us, the only prayer room we got is when driving to to the church and praying when we getting in the driveway. Really? I mean, let's just be real. Oh Lord, I'm sorry. You know, and then we go to the church. Tr- oh, <laughs> oh God, I forgot. You know, like that's it. That's all we got.
0: <laughs> but that's true though. Like we, um, can only pray when we're in trouble or we can only like um, seek God or going a fast only if our pastors tell us to. Like, I mean, I was just thinking about myself about the the, uh, the other day. Like, even with working, I'm like, I'm working so much, and putting so much, you know, time into my job, but I'm not putting enough time into my word, or I'm um, I'm missing Bible study tonight or something like that. So I was even, you know, like straddling the fence with that. Like, well, Lord, you you know what I want to do, but it's like. I, Work is literally taking too much of my life right now, but you know. Um,
3: and I can I piggyback off of what everybody said. I you yeah. know, y'all are on point tonight. I, I'm having to send everybody cash app. Um, but to piggyback off of what everybody was saying um, about this question, um, do we possess the same power? And I I was just thinking about my mind uh, automatically went to Elijah and Elisha, um, and I think just like everybody has said. I think with our generation, we don't want to be accountable for anything. And when you look at the relationship with Elijah and Elisha, um, you know, he he, he followed him. He, he left everything he knew. He forso- forsook everything that he knew and he followed him. Um, and I think it all boils down to we have a lot of um, I was just thinking about the year of 2020. A lot of the giants have passed away um, and we have a lot of people uh, who are passing away, leaving the mantle, but nobody to pick it up. Um, and I think our generation, I'm gonna be honest. I joked around with my cousin the other day. I said, I'm scared for our generation because we don't have anybody to pick up those mantles of the people of old. And here you are, here you are, you having the giants passing away, um, and nobody there to step into their shoes and to, you know, fill their position. Um, and honestly, a lot of it could be because of fear. Um a lot of people just don't want to be preachers and pastors. And then you have some who do and they're not called to it. And so it's just I think our generation like, you know, I think our generation we we're not picking up the mantles of those before us. Um and because we're not it it's like a big gap, like a sinkhole. It's just there ain't nothing happening. Um, and I I really every time somebody from the older generation or every time a giant in the gospel passes away, my heart literally grieves because I know that my generation, we're not ready,
0: not ready to
3: build those shoes and we're not ready to pick up those mantles. Um, and so it just makes you think like, you know, we 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 gotta get back to it. Um and yeah, that's all I want to say on that. Um, but yeah.
1: Nah, you hit the nail on the head. One of my brothers from the back said, people out here seeking positions, but they're not seeking God. Like they out here, they want these titles and things, but it's like, do you really have a relationship? And I know it sounds so minimalistic when you say that. It sounds so minute, but it's like that's big. Like your relationship with God is the foundation on how you move, how you act, how you talk, how you walk. Um, with God. And I was listening to something last night. I'm not sure what it was saying, but it's like every time you put a fork to your mouth to eat, it should make your mind think of just how you're feeding this body of just how much you need to feed your spiritual body. Um, and like uh, y'all already said it and being repetitive. It's like, you said that it's grief. Like people don't want to pray anymore. It's like, I was listening to something. I'll be listening to a lot trying to grow my spirit. And I was listening to something and they were like, you know how you have a conversation. They didn't say this, but I took it like this. You know, you have a conversation with a friend. So if I hop on the phone with y'all, we can jump right into conversation, right? Because I've been talking to y'all. But when you have them friends, you don't talk to them for a long time. You got to do the formalities. That, well, how you been? How is your mother? How is your father? And I feel like that's what, that is a direct uh, reflection of our relationship with the Lord. When we get to church on Sunday, we got to do all of this before we can hop into the spirit because we haven't talked to him all week. Because when you talk to God, the person used as an example, you sometimes when you start praying, you come in where you like, Lord, let me tell you this, because you've already been talking to him. You already have a cultivated prayer life. You know, you don't have to say, Lord, I just want to thank you for this day. You know, sometimes we do that because I want everything that I pray to be received. So I don't want to walk in error (laughs) and it's not received of God, but we we ain't we praying. We don't have no relationship. So every time we come before God, we got to do the formalities because we got to build ourselves <laughs> up something. It's like the mm-hmm. ark of the um the tabernacles. Okay. The priest could not jump into the Holy of Holies. He had to detox itself. We don't want to detox. We don't want to take no stuff off. We don't want to sacrifice nothing. We just want to dive into the Holy of Holies. And it's a process. We need a process. Oh,
0: I mean, is there something to be said? I don't, I don't. <laughs> is that a anybody else got a comment?
3: She wrecked the house with that. When I'm over here shaking and trembling, woo.
0: <laughs> but that's absolutely true. We want the um, we want the anointing without the sacrifice, and um, we don't put you know the time and effort into you know our relationship with the Lord. You know, just like. We see all the time, like when you when you're in a relationship with someone, or you're trying to get to know this with tr- trying to get to know someone. Like you take out the time to learn about them. You take out the time to text them every day, you know, just to say what's up. Or you know, you take the time to get to know that person and to really, you know, what I'm saying, because you 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 you're trying to talk to them. So it's like it's the same thing with the Lord. It's like we don't spend no time with them, and then. Like you said, we have to go through that formality because we haven't talked to him for like a week, <laughs> and I was like, and to be, "Not okay. to you honest,
4: but I wonder how people feel." Because even I just be like, "Lord, I don't even deserve to call you right now," and I just, That's how, how I y'all feel be like. feeling? Because I'm like, "What is going on?" Like, and it's COVID season, and. Not saying that you have to lose your life to it, but it's like, do we really understand? And this is how I I, I feel like I, I'm not going to say, because too many people have told me and I know that the Lord has way more for me. Lindsay be trying to tell me, but I'm like, mm, I'm not trying to that. that. <laughs> but it's like we're in a season where we know this thing is scary and it's deadly. And it's like, well, if the Lord were to take you right now, where would you go? And if and if and I know y'all know I'd be sarcastic, but I'm very serious. And I say things kind of straight sometimes. I'm trying to, you know, but seriously, though, it's not a joke. Do we sit in church that long? And if we say I, my Amber Bernice, God bless, that was a saved woman. Okay. And I remember one time, I believe it was her. She talked about hell one time and I, I got the Holy Ghost at 13 and I was just sitting at the gas station. I was like, mm, I don't want to go there because it was about fire. She said it wasn't going to stop. And it's like, dude, we don't, we don't hear that a lot now. My dad, a little bit, he talks about everything. So you you might come to church and that's all we're going to talk about is hell. And he don't care if you like it or not, but <laughs> that's what you're going to hear about. And it's like, do you really know that it's not going to stop because God can't die, right? We're in a season where we have COVID and y'all, I don't want to touch that gross. Well, I was like that before. Can you wash your hands before you touch my sandwich, please? Thank you. <laughs> but seriously, and I was like, well, if we die right now, where are we going? Seriously, have we thought about that? Because there's no coming back. Oh Lord, just give me one more chance. Ooh. my preacher again bishop roach i have a recording where he was like god's not coming back for people that say oh god give me five more minutes he's coming back for people that are ready ready it's like are we are we really ready seriously are we ready or are we just playing watching disney plus because you can come down and watch soul and don't get me wrong i'm not because i haven't watched it yet they said it was good i need to watch it but i'm just saying are we ready while we watching soul are we need? Do we need to fix our soul seriously? Are we ready, or do we need to get down, dig down deeper with this soul? You know, it's like for real. I just be like, I don't, I don't get it because I'm thinking about this, and like, I, I just, I really, like, Lord, I don't even deserve to say your name. Really, I don't, but I'm gonna say it anyway because I know you're the only person that can help me. So you know, I'm with. I
1: think I want to bring this point out, and I want to place emphasis on it because I saw a comment come through. I'm not really paying too much attention to them, um, because I believe that this is going where God wants it to go. Um, but that's exactly what we're trying to say. We're placing emphasis on that. Not preaching from a soapbox. We're preaching from it's time for us to wake up um, and we we may not be bullet pointing certain things, but we're saying it's time for us to come out. Um, and I think Aubie uh, uh, just said it. She just said it so beautifully. And it's just like hell is real. And let's be honest that we need to wake up. We talked about this in our VAC. That's my family. I call them our VAC uh, fellowship on Friday. And it's like, we have to pay attention to how how much the world is leading us and we're not leading the world. How quickly we jump onto bandwagons and how quickly we do things because we see it on social media, how we start sharing stuff. And it's like, man, you know, are we really, we even touched on by, by films, we even touched on. I don't know that y'all got to help me out because I don't know the comedian guy who be wearing the wigs and the shower caps and the bore rats. Like, well, he comedy, he I does like called, not Carlton oh, Banks. Banks. <laughs> not Banks. Like, yeah. We, as apostolic and believers, we share this stuff, but that's an abomination to God, and it's like. How much are we really willing to come out from among them and be separate? So we're not preaching from a soapbox. We're preaching from individual things where we know we need to grow and we want to communicate to you just how much we need to do, how much we need to be consecrated to God, how much we need people to tell us that hell is still real, regardless of you don't feel that burning right now. But once you get to hell, that's going to be a burning that's never going to stop. So I don't want anybody to feel like we're just speaking our opinions. We're speaking our personal um, I don't know the word I want to use, but we're, our personal experiences, but I'm giving you my personal experience so you can know where I'm going, you know, with it. So you can identify with it, um, but we're not just staying there. You know, that's not our desire because I, I believe it's like, where do we go from here? Like we do a lot of talking and we do a lot of communicating, but we're letting you know, I'm speaking from where I was. And I know all of these ladies are speaking from where they were and to where they're going. Um, If they're not already there, you know, we haven't arrived, but it's just important to check the intent and the motive um, of, of why we why we do um, certain things. But our intent and our motive is not to bash our older generation, because I'm very vocal with talking to my leader, very talk to my past leader, very vocal with talking to my, my husband on certain things, like explain this to me, explain such and such to me. We don't want to bash them because we need them. You know, you cannot uh, burn a bridge you'll need to cross over again. Um, So if you burn, if you're walking across a bridge and you're destroying it while you walk across, you can never get back over. Um, So I just wanted to
0: point that out. And um, one thing I will say in regards to um, the comment about, you know, we're we're talking about the issues and not really taking action. Um, Who's to say that the action wasn't taken, you know, by a young person trying to bridge that back? bridge that gap or get that communication who to say that they didn't go to, you know, the older saints or to go to, um, their pastors or whatever, and they didn't get the answers that they needed, or it was another one of those situations. Well, this is what we were taught. So then we wonder why a lot of our young people again, are not in the church. And I've, I personally, you know, Heard plenty of stories of young people saying that, you know, where they went to a pastor where they went and asked why and didn't get an answers. So now they're not in church. So, you know, who's to say that, you know, that conversation did not happen or, you know, that action wasn't taken and they just didn't get an answer back. You know what I mean? So um, next question is so tying along with that um, tie along with that. Um, In regards to, you know, maybe we don't possess the same power. Well, well, we do because we have the Holy Ghost and you know. But again, us, you know, maybe not having the same power or not, you know, consecrating ourselves as, you know, the older generation. Um, I mean, they say there's nothing new under the sun, which there isn't. But um, I do feel like our, our generation may be going through a little bit, you know, more challenges than maybe the older generation has you know, dealt with before. Um, so I believe that has maybe um, took place and maybe caused a lot of issues with our young people to where like Arvane was saying, you know, I don't even feel <laughs> comfortable going to the Lord. Um, you know, if I know that I'm, I've am sinned or I know that I am you know, haven't been in communication with him. So uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask is, what is true deliverance? We, (laughs) we see this all the time. You know, we had come up to the altar and and receive your, you know, deliverance today. And uh, we, we see and hear this all the time. And, you know, we see people there and it, you know, may look like they got delivered or, you know, they speaking in tongues and they out on the altar for a whole nother hour after service. And then it's like, after that, we go right back into the same things again, or maybe a month from now we go right back. as a continuous cycle over and over and over again. So, what is true deliverance like? Is, I mean, my feeling is if if you're delivered, you're delivered. Um, I do understand that there is, you know, I don't I don't believe that your issues or your problems go away. So, if you have, you know, maybe an issue with alcoholism or an issue with purity or you know, maybe in the attic in any way. I don't feel that maybe the desire may completely go away. Over time, it could. But I just feel like if you, if you are truly delivered, then you should be delivered. But, I mean, I want to get y'all perspective on what is true deliverance to y'all.
2: When I saw the question, it brought back to memory um Psalm 51 where it says, Mm. Created me a clean heart and i'm not saying the whole thing but also about renewing the right spirit and i believe that's what it is um it's not saying lord i'm sorry i'm gonna stop doing this and do it back tomorrow and keep doing that over and over again but your heart is clean and cleansed from whatever had you bound. you are now renewed from whatever old lifestyle you were stuck into so that is what i would say is true deliverance um from whatever you might need to be delivered from. Um, but it's not like a... And I'm also going to say this. I, I would not say it's an overnight thing either. Um, because different things bind people differently. Um, you can be dealing, something, dealing with something for years and one altar call and boom, your life has changed forever. Right. Other people, they need to be prayed through daily until like they just come out and unleash themselves from whatever it's keeping them captive so whether it is a process for you or it happens quickly for you all all in all at the end of the day you should be it should be like a new you I mean when you receive the Holy Ghost it's like a new you but you know things happen along the way you stumble you fall and stuff like that but it's especially when it comes to any type of like bondage of the mind spirit and all that it, 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 it has to be like a shaking and a breaking of whatever it is like Mary Mary said shackles off my feet you gotta take it off <laughs> so it does really really is so yeah that's what i would say
1: that was good house. that was really be quiet please hair. um that was really good i want to use this example and it's so crazy because how i thank god how everything what i'm studying each week lines up like every bible study i'm in every youth fellowship it just lines up and i want to bring attention to luke chapter 17. the 10 lepers went to jesus to get healed and they went and god told them he said you know he, they, they cried out and they said, son of God, have mercy on us. Long story short, God told them, he said, go show yourself to the king. And as they went, they were healed as they walked. But there was 10 of them, right? One person, that nine, it got personal. He was like, man, I, I'm getting healed, but I got to come back and I got to tell God, thank you. And when he went back to tell God, thank you, God I said, well, where's the nine? And... um <clears throat> He said, We are not found return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And it said, and God said unto him, Arise and go thy way, thy faith have made thee whole. It's the difference between getting healed and getting whole. And I believe that that is true. Yes. And the true deliverance in it is when he took that thing personal. That one leper it's like, man, we go to church all and, and and it's that group of 10 people. It's like, we go to church every Sunday to reap the benefits from God. But did we make it personal like that one person? Because we have to get to a place in our relationship where it's no longer about, the. it was no longer about the healing for that one person. It was like, man, the magnitude of the blessing that just came over his life. He had to come back and say, thank you. You know what I mean? And I believe that is the true representation of deliverance is when I'm no longer coming just for the fishes and loaves, when I'm no longer coming for the the, the very blessings of that home because they all came together and they all were being healed. But he said, your faith have made you whole and by your faith making you whole it's like he took it personal and i believe that once we take this thing personal and we stop just coming for the you know for the the, the tangible benefits and we begin to cry out and we 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 come to god that's when true deliverance takes place you know it, it, it sometimes we just make things a benefactor we are a benefactor to a lot of things i believe that in my life there are a lot of people my coworkers they don't know that they are a benefactor because of the relationship that i have with god and the prayers that i pray over them their life. But there's going to be one day when they wake up in the morning and they're going to cry out to Jesus for themselves. And I believe that's when true deliverance takes place. True deliverance happens when we stop making it about my grandma told me to come today. But you get into God's house and you just cry out and you holler and say, God, I need something from you on today. And I believe that's that. That's what true deliverance is. But I can't say it so as eloquently as my babe said it because sometimes I be getting her, getting her to say stuff for me because it just sounds so good. But something you got to get ugly with it. You just got to be like it's personal. When it becomes personal that's when you know that it's true and that's when you know that it's real.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Lily is killing me with this yelling in the background. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much uh, like you said.
3: Where's um... <laughs> the camera?
0: Bye. <laughs> Anybody else? I,
3: okay, where Can I, um, I, um, <laughs> I did a uh Lindsay just said. I, I think it is a, a personal thing. Um, and you know, when I was thinking about the question um deliverance, that's a really good qu- I think that's a really good question. Um, what is true deliverance? Um, and when I was thinking about it, I just my mind went to the the children of Israel when they were being delivered, you know, from captivity in Egypt. Um, and just like uh Lindsay said, she I mean. I can't even do it justice, she said it so perfectly. Um, I think it's a personal thing because I think a lot of times um, when when we do get delivered from something, we get so focused and so caught up on, I'm out of that thing that I was just in, that we don't realize we have been delivered to be delivered into something else. And I think a lot of times, when, you know, we get so caught up on what we have been delivered from that we don't realize that, okay, God is still delivering you into another place, into something else. So we stuck in the hallway, you know, thanking God for it. And don't get me wrong, you not wrong with that, but we're stuck, you know, with what we just got delivered from, not realizing that God is still delivering us into a place. Um And I think, that that's what true deliverance is. It's drawing us out from one thing into something else, um, and I think that that's when true deliverance takes place. When we just like Lindsay said, we make it personal, and we realize that you know it's not just that I'm being delivered from something; I'm being delivered into something greater. You know what I mean? I'm, God is bringing me out of this one place and delivering me into another place, and so I that's that's just the way that I look at it. You know, from from my own personal experience.
4: Uh, y'all is preaching. Um that was a beautiful question. Um cuz we hear that how many of y'all need the deliverance today? Oh, come on, God is calling. He's calling, you know how they be. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you know I grew up in church, you know. But I uh, no no no. Um it's it's y'all put it greatly. I'm, y'all y'all's good. I'm just thinking like um sometimes it's good to. Sometimes we go through so much that we have to focus on the fact that we already are delivered um, regardless of what we are going through. Um, I'm not like a, you know, I think minister Simeon asks, what stops you from being a Bible scholar? Um, he's not watching, but if he was, I still say the same thing. Um, you know, what stops you from being, you know, he had an accent, but I'm not like a Bible and sure it sounds like you are too. Go ahead. Um, uh, and Lindsay is and the Joel be playing too. You know, Ayanna, I don't know about you. you be trying over there. you be, <laughs> no, but seriously, I picked up my iPad cause I have like different notes in here. And I remember one time I was going through something. And uh, Pastor, he had preached Psalms 116. Um, and just um, a couple of verses. The first one said, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplication. Um, and it says, Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Um, and I have to say, even with me, I don't mind saying that for a long time, even though I got the Holy Ghost at a young age. I say this very open. Sometimes we just ride on our parents and saints or whoever it is that brings us to church or whoever we're close to. We just ride on our coattails. But until you go through something and not even have to go through something, but when you get older, you start to like break down things and say, oh, because he lives, I can truly face tomorrow. You know, and when this scripture was like being broke down that night, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I love the Lord because he had heard my voice and my supplication because I was going through something at that time. And because he have inclined his ear unto me, therefore I will call upon the Lord as long as I live. And I'm like, okay, I'm going through something. And I bring it up to say, like, sometimes we are going through something because it never said it would be easy. You know, these songs that we sing, are you we listening or are we just trying to okay me, get the right key? No, listen to them words. <laughs> But you're a winner in the end. So sometimes it's like we're going to go through those things, but we have already been delivered because the Lord has already given me the greatest gift there is. So with that gift, I can go through whatever it is. If I allow him to. Why? Because I love him. He has inclined his ear unto me because I have what I have these supplications, you know. So it's just like I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I beseech you there, deliver my soul. So it's kind of like, sometimes we have to focus on the fact that we are already delivered. And I'm not saying that we don't have things that we need to be delivered more for, but it's like, sometimes we have to say, Lord, I'm your child. Why? Because I have your spirit. And because I have your spirit, I am one of yours because the word tells me so. So it's kind of like, You know, he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. So that means (laughs) this thing that I am going through, I can go through it because I have you. So sometimes we just have to really break down these things that we hear all the time in church. Because, you know, like I said, oh, come on, who needs to be delivered today? You know, so it's kind of like those things that we have on here on a repetitive basis. We have to start really breaking those down because it is repetitive. I think Char mentioned earlier, which was very true, by the way, um, the traditions that we are used to. And it's like, why do we do it? And some of these traditions are true. Don't get me wrong. But we hear a lot out of tradition. There's a scripture that we read all the time. And it's really sad because it's Psalm 46. y'all. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her in that right early. And one morning I was like, this scripture saying something. (laughs) But we have said that, God, since I was like six, I don't know. But I'm like, when well, they better say that. You know, <laughs> it takes you to go through something sometimes or really sit back and be like, wait, wait, what's the scripture saying? You know, so I just wanted to bring that out and be like, sometimes we are already delivered and we have to really focus on the things that are good instead of the things that are going bad. And realize that if you just stay, if you stay with God, he is going to deliver you.
0: Y'all are doing a lot.
4: Okay, well, you asked the question. <laughs> that was a really good question because nobody really asked that. You know, it's just, oh, you need deliverance. You I don't, don't mean that a lot in a bad way.
0: I'm like, y'all are... It, like yeah,
4: no, I'm not paying you no mind. No, um, <laughs> real
2: quick. Um, there's this message that it's literally stuck with me for years. I was preached at a Youth Congress years and years ago. And it was entitled, It's a Mind Thing. And right. I've never forgotten that message. And when it comes to true deliverance, that's what it's about. Because you can be sitting within yourself... And know, good and well, I need to be delivered from such and such. And you can go to the altar a hundred times knowing you need to, but do you want to be delivered? Mm. Is it in your mind to actually want that deliverance? Because depending on what it is, that bondage can be addictive. Right. So it's that's all I want to say. It's a mind thing.
0: And um, with that it's just absolutely a mind thing. <laughs> it's thing. So it says, let this mind be in you. Um, but um, again, true deliverance. I, I believe that you can be truly the delivered and maybe at one point slip up. And with doing that, you could, you could probably lose all confidence that you had before, like, was I really delivered? Was I fooling myself? Then again, that's where the mind games come into play. You know what I'm saying? You start to doubt yourself. You start to doubt. Now you don't want to go up to the altar because it's like, okay, well, I thought I was delivered that time. And clearly I wasn't because I'm back here, you know, again at the same thing. Go ahead.
4: Um, It just comes to mind that, I mean, I speak about the mind all the time. Well, often enough. And, so I guess this—I feel like this is something that Lindsay would say. But that's why it's important to really be in your word and know your word. Um, and I know that... I'm not going to say I know that now because I've been through that. It's really up to the work that you're willing to put in in your relationship with the Lord and knowing the word. Um, my, my favorite scripture has always been um, keep your mind... Oh, hold on. I can't even quote it. Look at me. Um, he that has his mind staying on me, he will keep the imperfect peace. But going back to something that we always hear, I've always heard it like that. You know, oh, keep your mind set on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. But... Hold on now. That's not the whole scripture. He that has his mind stayed on thee, he will keep thee in perfect peace because he trusteth in him. Okay. When a situation happens like that, which I'm sure it's happened to all of us, it don't have to be no big thing that you were praying about and you thought you right. was delivered from, or you thought that, oh, I thought I wasn't scared of cats no more. Or, Dugs, y'all in four. I thought I wasn't scared of Dugs no more. <laughs> and then the dog come up and you they're quivering, you know, you know, and that's where a scripture like that comes into mind because I trust in him. And then you have to start to remind yourself of who it is that you trust. The blood will never lose its power, okay? That's when a song comes in, you have to remind yourself of that song. So it's really important to refresh your mind, and Joel, as she just said, you know, um, it's a mind thing. And trust me, I don't know about y'all, but I probably know most out of everybody on this chat about that mind thing. It's really important to replay in your mind if you have to do it daily, I'm serious. If you have to, I know, if you have to do it minute by minute, To replay your mind and refresh your mind of who it is that you serve and whose you are. Because that scripture right there, it's my favorite scripture for a reason. You know, you have to trust in him. He is not a man that can tell a lie. So if he says he's going to deliver you, he's going to do just that. If he told you you were delivered, if somebody has came to you and prophesied to you and said, you are delivered from blah, 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 blah. That means you are delivered because I'm telling you, I've had people read read my life. If they tell you that thing and you know that it was God, okay, you know it's God. And you know what? God is not a man that can tell a lie, right? If you trust in him, he will keep your mind in perfect peace. Now that does not mean that something's going to come to this mind. I mean, that's not going to come to the mind. And I, I don't necessarily think that mind means here, it's like a, a spirit type of, you know, heart and mind type of thing. But you have to keep telling yourself, God, I trust in you. I'm going to trust in the Lord. And the more you keep, it's like practice makes perfect. Cause oh, I'm trying to dumb in that practicing part, <laughs> but <laughs> the more you practice that thing and the more you keep reading and the more you be like, all right, like, listen, all right, devil. Cause that's what it is. <laughs> Resist the devil and he will, what? Flee from thee. You're going to have that thing down. But again, it's all about knowing the word. And if you don't know the word, I, to be, be quite honest, you're really not going to go anywhere. Right, that's why I'm like, listen, we'll say this, but it's really the, the truth. People will say it in my church. We're like, uh, like, you're not going to be able to get nowhere. If you can't, if you don't know this, what's the, the word is sharpening any two edge. What that's I'm, not, I'm not saying. They say these things all the time in church, but really yeah, until you really get into it. You like, oh, that's what they was talking about because you're going to need it because the enemy going to put anything in your head. Trust me. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say on something like that, because I know that can happen. And I've been there. We're like, well, maybe, maybe he wasn't. Maybe that wasn't the Lord. And I'm like, okay, hold up, because he ain't going to read me for a reason. So I knew that was the Lord, because he ain't been here with me. So you really just have to be like, hold up, who is it that I serve? Okay, yeah, you're right, Lord. I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> anybody have another comment before I go to the uh, the last, most not a question, but it's just um, any sentiment. Does anybody have anything else? <clears throat> so we were just talking about um, prayer. <laughs> did you quicken, Armene? Girl, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, not now. Anyway,
1: uh, I think you did. That's all right. <laughs> get what you need from the Lord.
0: All right, quit playing for real, because uh, you know. All right, go ahead, chill out. <laughs> all right. So uh, I think Armene was just uh, mentioning prayer, which prayer is, of course, the key um and I just want to read this little passage from this book uh fervent that I love to read um it says prayer praying with precision is key when we pray about the places where we when we pray about the places where we seriously suspect that the enemy is at work that's how we keep our prayers focused not only on the particular situation but on biblical truths that are consistent with maintaining victory in the midst of them, and um, one thing that this book mentions is praying specifically and strategically, and I think that's um, very important when we are dealing, like um, Amini was talking about, with the mind or whatever addictions or whichever, whatever you know things that we may be dealing with. It's very important to pray specifically for those things specifically and strategically um you know that's that's just like somebody you know saying lord give me a house." be specific lord i want a five bedroom three bad. bathrooms <laughs> and a garage just <laughs> that's, that's what i want <laughs> That way when you when you get a five bedroom with three bathrooms, you know it was the Lord because you asked specifically and he gave you act, you know, specifically what you desired. So I just want to, you know, you all yes, it's not a question or anything, but did anybody have a comment on just praying uh, strategically and specifically and how powerful that is.
1: What I agree, I agree. I just <laughs> want to put this in there. His name is Bishop Douglas Anthony, he is the pastor of God and Light of Portsmouth. He always say that you'll never come to the altar, and y'all be like, Lord, anyway, you bless me, I'll be satisfied. And then when he send you something, you be mad. No, <laughs> be specific, ask the Lord for what you want. Like, um, I, the Lord, I was sitting when I was testifying this morning, it was Luke 23, and Pilate said, I find no fault in him. And that's when they were trying to accuse Jesus, but he found no fault. God is perfect. What we ask for. And if it's God's will for our lives, he going to give it to us. So be specific because you people be trying to be deep on some anyway. You bless me, Lord. I'll be satisfied. Stop lying. Tell the truth. Because if you want a 10 piece nugget and somebody bring you a four piece nugget, you're going to be mad because you're still going to be hungry. Like, let's be specific on the things that we want from God. Like, let's be, I don't know why we be trying to be so deep, you know, trying to just, you know, we trying to look the part, like, you know, no, 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 no. You better ask the Lord for what you want, for you get something that you thought you wanted and you didn't really want it, but you was trying to be cute.
0: <laughs> Anybody else?
2: Yeah, I was just saying that I agree. I mean, she kind of said what I was saying, but um, one point that I did want to Talk about was when she said if it's the lord's will because that's another thing you can pray the most detailed prayer you want and all that and expect well i did my list lord i prayed it so just waiting but if he doesn't want that for your life he doesn't want that for your life so as much as you do pray specifically also if it's your will lord make sure that's in there somewhere and if you don't well he's going to show you what his will is anyway but Yeah, so but I do agree with the the specifics part, because I have seen, I'm not going to tell my real story, but I've seen where, you know, someone prayed for something, and they were not pleased, yes, they were not pleased when they got what they prayed for, because they were just generalizing, I'm just like, well, you know, but, it's so it's very true, like, tell him what you want, and exactly what you want, like, and I think sometimes too, people try to be like, oh, anyway, you bless me, well, because we know that, Oh, he knows our thoughts are far off. Okay. But he want you to say it to him, speak to him. Like, you know, so yeah, all that ties in together. And yes, I agree. hundred percent.
0: Speaking of, um, what did you just say? If it be your will, like that's very important. Cause I mean, the, I believe there are a lot of things that, you know, we pray to the Lord and it's our desire. But he gives it to us anyway. It's not necessarily his will, but it's our desire. But he because you know Don't let it be No one it. <laughs> it. Can he <laughs> put it? In? Let me be quiet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's our desire, you know, but he still gives it to us sometimes, and it's not necessarily his will. And his will may have been much better than what our desire was, but you know, he gave us. desire so you know if it be his will i I think that's very key anybody else
3: i agree with that too the the will thing um because i know for me personally there have been a lot of times that i've prayed for stuff and god has given me what i wanted and there have been times where i've prayed for stuff and he didn't give me what i wanted and i was glad that he did not give me what i wanted so you know what i mean so i think that um, you know, praying his will is important. And also, um, what everybody has said, you know, being specific and strategic in your prayer because honestly, that's something that I used to not do. I used to feel guilty asking God for stuff. And it's just like, no, you can ask. You have not because you ask not. So you you can ask. Um, it's okay to ask and be specific in your asking, but the will, being in his will and praying his will, I think that is very utterly important because uh we don't want to pray outside of his will or be outside of his will when we get the things that we pray for so yeah I totally agree with everybody that's, that's all I want to say on that hey, no,
2: I want to be like oh go ahead go ahead <laughs> no I'm just saying God has a, a funny sense of humor like you'll have a desire for something and he'll give it to you like well you guess what you wanted and then you will be mad <laughs> but like that's just to teach you a lesson kind of sometimes like well listen ask specifically but, all right go ahead
4: I was just gonna say I'm kind of gonna be on the uh, the unhappy note with everybody. No, but the one thing I do want to say is that we can don't. Sometimes we get like acts like we I don't say it. Don't forget to do your part because we'll be so quick to be like God bless me with this and that and that, but then you can't do nothing for God. And that's what i'm like don't ask god lord god let me get this penthouse with the refrigerator with the tv in it and gator skin carpet and all this stuff but yet when they ask you for a special offering oh i got to go because i gotta put gas in my car I, <laughs> do you really can you get five dollars more you know i That's one thing with me. I'm just like, we have to give the Lord to, to his storehouse, because we can't always just say, Lord, I need this. Lord, I want that. And do you really need it or is it a one? You know, because car running fine. I like that new Lexus. Like. Because Susan needs an oil change. You're going to be complaining that it's $75 compared to that Civic that you had that was $25 or that Corolla (laughs) that was $25. Now you're complaining. You know, so sometimes I just, I feel like sometimes we, and I can't speak for anybody else or anybody who's watching, but as a whole, as God's people, just do for the storehouse too. Because you can't beat God's giving. And I remember a long time ago at convocation. Who was it? I can't think of his name. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I miss my Honda. <laughs> Them things going on gas, girl. But um, who, Elder Hollis. I don't, I don't know if he's a bishop, but yeah. I was calling Pastor Hollis. It was a long, long time ago. The service was over and they took up an extra offering. And um, I gave it because he started talking about how we paid to get our hair done and everything like that. And, you know, some of us may have had their opinions about it. But I, Albany, gave because I'm like, well, if I can... Pay for this wonderful crab cake I'm getting ready to get probably some week after, some night this week after service. If I can buy clothes, if I can buy this, I can give God some more money for offering. And some people don't look at things like that, but you can't do a whole lot of things in the natural and they don't give anything on your spiritual side. Because I guarantee you, the less you give on your spiritual side, the less you're going to have on your natural side. It's going to work. It's not You can't do it. So I just wanted to emphasize that. Just bless your storehouse too. And the more you do that and the more you pray strategically, can't even say the word. And specifically, it'll all work out for you good.
3: And I know that... Okay.
2: Kind of going with what you said, um, another thing that I thought of, like, we don't believe in genies or whatever, but basically, God is not like, a little genie, you rub the bottle and you sit back, okay, <laughs> this is what I want, God, and he just yeah. No, like... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You have to put in some work. Like, I say this to my, again, my students all the time. Like, you can't say, God, I want to A on this test. But you ain't never study nothing. God, I want this. Like, we've been talking about houses and cars. But you spend all your money every time you get. Like, you have to. You Listen, it's a give and take thing. So, like, all right. God, I'm putting away my money. I'm saving. I want this type of house. I want this type of car. Not, nah, God, I'm sitting,
1: you know, waiting right around for you.
2: Yeah, right. Like, it, that's, that's not how it works. Like, you have to put in some work to get out. All right. As
0: they say, you know, you take one step, he'll take two. So that's you it. To accept. Like, you know, yeah, you gotta accept <laughs> yeah, yeah. like don't be trying to ask that big either.
1: Yeah, don't be trying you making twenty thousand dollars a year and you want a hundred thousand dollar car. Like the blessings of the, the the blessings of the Lord make us rich and addeth no sorrow to it. You know, if God is in it, we'd be trying to say that it be God and it it don't be God. Um, it don't be God at all. And it's like, you up here stressed trying to pay this $100,000 car and you knew for a fact that, and like you said, it's not a genie. Back in my day, coming up, they used to have a song. I'm not a genie in nobody, baby. You know what I mean? God it's not a genie, but it's like, place the emphasis on all the way back to Obby on giving to your storehouse. And I'm just in share a personal testimony of my asset in 2020. I said, even before the pandemic happened, before I even know, even before I knew what coronavirus was, Um, I said, God, I'm going to give more than I received this year. And that's what I did. I gave, I mean, we're not talking, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm not talking about, hey, I gave my sister $5 or, hey, I gave my sister $10. I'm talking about Bless, bless people, and God has blessed me in 2020 more than I can imagine. And no, it wasn't always tangible things, it was spiritually. Like, I know some people say they're out here struggling, but I ain't never been so strong and on fire for the Lord than I have after I came out of 2020 and He exposed where I was, and I had to get that new connection. So it's like, we gotta. Pray specifically and pray strategically, but it's like, also, what does God want you to do? What is God's will while we're praying? Because a lot of times we pray and we pray amiss because we have our own desires, but it's, you know, he said, not thy will, but not my will, but thy will be done in my life. And I'll be just, it's just that's just so important. Um, and it's so crucial. Like, no, it's not a genie. You can't just say, poof, God, give me this. And you're not working towards nothing. Like, why would he give you something that you cannot if you're not a good steward over what he has given you? Why do you think he's going to bless you with something else? You know what I mean? And then people be falling like, God, he not fair. No, God is fair. And God is a just God. But he knows his child and he's not foolish neither. But I'm sorry. I think that was a hand opening. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs>
4: First of all, I can't find the mute button. There we go. Uh, but I kind of lost my train of thought, but it came with what you were saying about like, just praying and oh, asking a miss. Um, one thing my mom told me, cause I was like, I'm the Lord trying to tell me this. And she was, I said, you know, I told her, I wanted to pray about different things like that. And she was just telling me, I told her Joel about it. She was like, well, if you already got in your mind with the Lord then said to you or whatever, what's the point of you praying pretty much. And it just made me think about what you, when you were saying, I just use a car for an example. Oh, I want me a BMW. And you you already got in your mind, oh, well, I have good credit. I got my down payment, which, you know, just using it for an example.
0: So you don't need then, God.
4: Because you're like, oh, thank you, thank you. You know, and then you're, you're, and then you're like, whatever God say, I'm going to do. but And Lord willing, Lord, please, just Lord willing, Lord, whatever your will is for me just and then you go to CarMax. oh here's a three series and you didn't look at nothing else and they could have had a better deal for you and then you oh, god bless me did he Because your mind is already set. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we're like, well, Lord willing and the Lord to make a way. Sometimes we are making our way and then we try to put God in things. And I say this thing sometimes when we have open discussion at church. And sometimes I don't know if everybody understands me because you all know, sometimes I'm not really good with my words. But I say God is not in everything. And I don't mean he's not in everything. But we try to put God in everything. We'll run over a nail. No, we need to go get a scene Saturday. Then go to church Sunday. Oh, pastor, I can't make it because (laughs) my tires flat. God must then want me to go. (laughs) You knew you ran over the nail yesterday. God's not in that. And sometimes we put God in so many different things that he's... That's what I mean by that, y'all. Like God's not... We put God's going to make a way. He would have made a way if you didn't go make the way yourself. But I mean, so... (laughs) when we pray and we ask God for things, we really do have to be specific. I know someone that told me one time, they told, they described what they wanted for their husband and everything. And they got up okay, says. I mean, she, she said how she color build, and everything. Okay, girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? So she prayed for her, her husband, her man. And she said that God delivered how she, you know, she wanted. So even when we're praying and we're being specific, it's good to go with an open mind if we're going to say lord willing and lord whatever you will be because we'll say let your, let your will be done but we can't already got where we want right. our will to be so we have to stay straight not leaning left not leaning to the right that's what i want to say because she said we're praying and we're being a miss, and that's what kind of <laughs> case to my mind because when it comes to these natural things that we want our homes and our cars because i had a discussion with y'all about stuff like that because i'm like sometimes when i'm praying about natural things and i already know that it's going to be an okay thing for me i'm like what do i like ask god for mm-hmm. i really be having like I'd be struggling. I'm like, God, was that you that like turned red? So you were saying don't go that way? Because I really be like, what am I looking like? God, what, are you trying to tell me you don't go? What are you saying? <laughs> I really I'm, seriously, but we have to be straight and don't lean left to right when we're really saying, God, let your will be done. Don't be leaning leaning to the left. Don't be leaning. I don't know who to. The, don't well, do that. Just
0: stay straight. Lean not to your own understanding. Um, That's <laughs> is all that is. And, Right. <laughs> and. um, Again, I believe the Lord. You know, when we do ask, Lord, let it be Your will, or whatever, like that. He will send confirmation. You know that. You know, okay, it's okay to go do that. It's okay to go get that BMW, or I'm gonna make away. Um, any last comments before we head out? We had y'all here an hour and a half. <laughs> well, her and Lindsay was preaching
4: for like 45 minutes of it. I mean. <laughs> Listen, y'all blessed
3: me on tonight. I just Mm -hmm. thank y'all for
4: having me and inviting me. Thank (laughs) y'all. We loved having you. Yeah, it was a great. You were great. It was a great addition. We have to have you back.
0: (laughs) All right. So uh, that is all, and I'll be want to press out.
4: Okay, I see another comment. Yes, God does give us wisdom with budgeting. Yes, (laughs) the Joe laughing because yes, He does budget. Saints, come on now, because y'all. Come on now, cause oh, I don't got no offering. But the, you bought that purse yesterday <laughs> before you came. So, cause it's just so true. Like that is one thing I remember when I okay, we about to leave y'all,
0: but for real, when we had that job. But I, should be at the end of service. <laughs> okay, we <laughs> right, all know I'll my last moment.
4: You been like I, just five more minutes. Bishop facing been told them you're lying. God bless Bishop facing. God bless his soul. That man is saved. But he told them, you know, y'all are lying. So preachers <laughs> stop. He told y'all, but. Seriously, we budget it? D tree. That's right. Because it gives you wisdom with budgeting. Don't it goes back to what we were saying earlier when you want to ask God for stuff, but you're not right in your finances. Okay, let's get them boo boo. Let's get your finances right first because God can is not going who was it that said something before about God and your finances. You have to have your finances straight. Oh, Lindsay 20, you make it 20,000, but then you want a hundred thousand dollar car. If God, that must be God. If you get that, that's got to be God. If you get that. So you have to learn how to budget because God, he's, he's a wise, he's wise. And we are, his people sometimes are very unwise, especially when it comes to financing.
0: So don't go out, Ryan. We also have to show him that he can trust us with, with what the little that he gives us. So if if he can't even trust us with the little 20,000 that we make a year high, he gonna trust us with making 100,000. He can't even barely get our tithe, so.
4: Yeah, and that's the Bible. So if you're not, that's in the book. So if you're not reading (laughs) the book and doing what the book says, how do you expect for him to give you an iPad so you can read the book electronically? Uh, Come on, (laughs) let's just be real. Let's come on now, tithes and offering. If you're skipping out on his portion, don't be asking him to give you all the sections of the plate when you can't even get the rights, that was the other portion right. Come on. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been great. Thank you, everybody, for watching and commenting. Comments are always welcome. Um, if we don't comment, you can always just copy and paste it and put it back down there. We see it. <laughs> All right, but Heavenly Father, we thank you for this conversation. We thank you for having Sharon on tonight. It was a great conversation. We pray that somebody was blessed. Lord, thank you for blessing me. Thank you for blessing everybody on here. We pray that somebody has gotten something that they were looking for. We pray that you touch everybody from the top of their head all the way to the bottom of their feet. Lord God, whoever may be out there that may be experiencing something. Due to COVID, we pray that you touch their families, you touch their loved ones, Lord God. We ask you to continue to bless us as we travel to our jobs, if need be. Continue to perfect, protect us. Have a fence camped around about us every day. We ask you to continue to help us with this conversation, that we may get some topics that would continue to bless people, Lord God. I ask you to continue to help us to grow in you, Lord God, because truly time is winding up. I ask you to continue to bless us and keep us in every way, shape,
0: or form. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Gonna... <laughs> she just said, uh, first John 2 15 17. Do not love the world and with the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the love of the eyes. That might be a whole That's new topic. Cool. <laughs> Seriously,
4: <clears throat> thank you. Yeah.